morning, everybody. It's Pastor Phil here at New Life in Christ Church out in Cedar Creek, Texas. And uh, we are uh, doing yet another online service, so welcome. And I'm uh, glad that you all can tune in and uh, very excited about what God has for us today. Um, I have some announcements before we get into this. So, you know, once again, like always, uh, please check out, check out the church's website. That's uh, nliccedarcreek.org. Um, and there you can find links to YouTube and you can subscribe, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And I believe there's a link onto our Facebook as well if you, if you could uh, like that for us as well. Um, and that'll help us keep in contact with you and you keep in contact with us and um, uh, help everybody uh, keep each other in the know. <laughs> uh, and then on to, um, you know, uh, speaking of Facebook, we have our Wednesday night uh, Facebook service and all of those are available in the Facebook, uh, you know, in the church's Wednesday night live. Uh, so if you want to be added to that group to go back and see, we had, uh, we had some great teachings uh, by Tim. And this last week we had our brother uh, Jason Strickland with us who had a very good word, very timely. Um, and uh, those Wednesday night services start at 6. Um, and then now we, again, have three ways to give. That's text to give, and that should be on the screen, uh, the number that you use for that. Then there's also the, uh, you, can, you can click in the link on this video's description. Um, and then, of course, you can um, give by mail. And uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get into prayer and jump into worship, which is one of my favorite parts. Lord, we ask that uh, your presence be with us, as we know it always is. But uh, what I mean by that is that we would feel your presence and that uh, we would be even more inspired to give you praise because you so deserve it, Lord. You so deserve that. And so we love you and ask that you would bless our time together, Father. And I thank you, Lord, and I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Dance in the river 
Because we're stirring up deep, deep wells. Stirring up deep, deep water. We're going to jump in the river. Jump in the river. Deep cries out. Deep cries out to you. Deep cries out. Deep cries out to you. We cry out. We cry out to you. Jesus. Deep cries out.
falling, Lord. We're falling into deeper water, calling out to you. We're walking into deeper waters, going after You are worthy to be honored. We just want to praise you, oh God. Oh, we just want to praise. So be honored here, be honored here in our hearts. Oh, so be honored here, be honored in our hearts, be honored, Lord. There's a mighty river flowing, a mighty river flowing through this place. 
There's a mighty river flowing, a mighty river flowing through this place. There's a mighty river flowing, a mighty river flowing through. Full of power, full of glory, it's full of grace. Oh, it's full of passion, full of power, full of glory, it's full of grace. Oh, yes, it is. There's a mighty river flowing, a mighty river flowing through this place. Oh, mighty river flowing, a mighty river flowing through this place. Full of power, full of glory, full of grace. Oh, and it's full of passion, full of power, full of glory. It's full of passion, full of power, full of glory. Oh, and it's full of passion. Full of power, full of glory, it's full of grace. Oh, oh, you're full of grace, Lord. Hey, you're full of grace. love of Christ. The love of Christ is flowing. The love of Christ is flowing through this place. The love of Christ is flowing. The love of Christ is flowing through this place and it's full of passion full of power full of glory it's full of grace and it's full of passion full of power Full of glory, it's full of grace. Mm. Oh, 
praise you, Lord. When Jesus was at the well talking to the Samaritan woman, he said, give me a drink. She said, how do you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me? Seeing as that I'm a Samaritan woman and you're a Jew. <laughs> Jesus said, if you knew who asked you, give me a drink, you would have asked him. And he would give you living water. Thank you, Jesus, for living water, your Holy Spirit. Oh, the mighty river, rivers of living water, flowing from the hearts of those who believe. Praise you, Lord. shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? And I will wait for I will wait for you. I will wait for you, Lord. I will wait for you. I will.
shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? And I will trust in you. Oh, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. Trust in you. And I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. Oh. Oh. We set our hope on you we set our hope on your love we set our hope on the one who is the everlasting god you are the everlasting god you are the everlasting we set our hope on you God, you are. 
are the everlasting God. You are the everlasting. We set our hope on you. We set our hope on your love. We set our hope on no one who is the everlasting God. You are the everlasting God. You are the everlasting Lord Jesus, you are the focal point of all our hope. All of what we are is set upon you. We set our love upon you. You. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus, because nothing. Cause nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do. Cause Jesus, you're the center. Everything revolves around you. Jesus, you at the center of it all. Jesus, be the center of my life. Jesus, be the center of my life. From beginning to the end, 
it will always be it's always been you jesus jesus because nothing else matters nothing in this world will do You're the center. Everything revolves around you, Jesus. You from my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. You're the center. Everything revolves around you, Jesus. You, oh, from my heart to the heavens, Jesus, be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. From my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center. It's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. Because nothing else matters. Nothing in this world will do. Because Jesus, you're the center. Everything revolves around you. Jesus, you at the center of it all. Jesus, be the center of your church. Jesus, be the center of your church. And every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess you, Jesus, Jesus, because nothing else matters, nothing in this world will do.
Jesus, you're the center. Everything revolves around you. Jesus, you at the center of it all. At the center of it all. At the center of it Help us keep you at the center at all times. As we open the word, Father, I ask you to help us be mindful of that and keep that before, before our face. You are the center. You are everything. Thank you, Lord, and in Jesus' name. Amen. Testing, one, two. We good? Testing, one, two. Good? <clears throat> well, I broke yet another guitar pick. Praise God. <clears throat> only doing, I only do that during worship. Okay, let's... Uh, if you have your Bible, let's uh, go ahead and turn over to Ecclesiastes, chapter 3. Lord, help me bring this word today. In Jesus' name. Ecclesiastes is just after the book of Proverbs. So the title of today's message is A Time and a Season. A Time and a Season. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, sorry, I forgot to mention the chapter. I hope everyone has been looking for some good in this weather that we've been having. For those of you tuning in out of this area here in central Texas, we've been having rolling thunderstorms. Seems like we've been having many seasons, you know, rain and sun, rain and sun. And you know, that's a lot like our personal lives. Um, things around us are constantly changing. Weather, relationships, sometimes jobs, circumstances. And, uh, you know, no matter who a person is, from a wealthy person born to a respected family, noble family, because that's still a thing in some places, and then also to the poor orphan who, just, who lives in an orphanage, you know, all of us go through seasons of life. And as I've been praying, I felt in my heart that it was a good time to talk about spiritual seasons that we have in life, you know, because there are spiritual seasons in your life inwardly, just like there are natural seasons that you experience outwardly. 
So if you're in Ecclesiastes, look here with me at verse 1. And for some of you may remember this <laughs> popular song in, from the 60s that they did to this, but it's, uh, To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, Time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Now, many of us look to someday. We fail to live in the moment because life is comprised of all these seasons that we just read about. And I counsel you not to get stuck in any one of these religiously. For example, when it says here that there's a time to kill, let's not forget that killing and murder are two different things. And because it, you know, it may return, it may uh, refer to times of war or self-defense. But you know, even then, it's maybe it's not even necessarily talking about people in this dispensation, because how many of you know when a mosquito lands on you and bites you, it's a time for that mosquito to die. And and here where it says a, a time to love and a time to hate. You know, we don't want to get stuck on that because someone might say, but I thought we were supposed to love everybody. Again, the verse doesn't say it's talking about people specifically because Amos 5.15 says, hate evil, love good. You can hate the evil people do and yet love the people themselves. Amen. So when we look at what is being said here, let's just, let's just look at the overall message that life is made up of all these seasons, as the word calls them. Well, how do we know when it's time for each one, you know, each, you know, each one of these things? Well, you know, uh, is it possible that we're hating when we should be loving? Or are we loving when we should be hating? You know, it's, it must be possible because it says clearly here that there's, that there's a time to love and a time to hate. And, you know, I know the time for each season from being in God's Word. You know, because with love and hate, I found out in the book of Amos, like I just said, to hate evil and love good. So I know that if I'm hating a person because they do evil, I'm hating in the wrong season. Because it's acceptable for me to hate the sin, but it's not acceptable for me to hate the person who does the sin. Jesus says I'm to love that person. And the best way to show them love is to lead them to Christ and teach them that if they say out loud that Jesus is Lord and they believe in their heart that God has raised him from the dead, they will be saved. For it's by believing in their heart that they are made right with God and it's by confessing with their mouth that they are saved. That's Romans 10, 9 and 10, paraphrased, if you, you know, want to look that up and meditate on that. 
And then we see that there's much overlap in these seasons that God talks about. Because in that season of love where we lead people to Christ, in winning them to Christ, that season of love has now given way into a new season. A time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted or a time to sow and a time to reap. It said in verse 2. Amen. Now, if you look up the word season in the dictionary, it refers to weather patterns that our planting seasons revolve around. And from the Christian point of view, that makes a lot of sense when we talk about getting people saved. Jesus gave us the parable of the sower. The sower sows the word, you know, which we talked about last week in some detail. He also gave us the parable of the weed and the tares, and there's other, there's other examples of this. But I want to draw your attention to the fact that this verse says there is a time for every purpose under heaven. Because seasons refer to sowing and reaping. And it's true that in the word, sowing and reaping deal with the witnessing about the word and the results of that witnessing. You know, spreading the good news is sowing and winning people over to Jesus would be reaping. And here's something to think about along this line. You may be the one to do the season of sowing and it may be for another to do the season of reaping in in just a given circumstance. What do I mean by that? You know, I heard a pastor tell a story about a time when after a service he walked into the church lobby and he found a group of people praying and talking with a guy in there and the group called him over. So he came over and he just said a few words to the guy and the guy broke down into tears and accepted Jesus right there in the lobby. But he said, I didn't do any sowing at all. He said, I just walked in and scooped up the harvest. Scooped up what others had labored for. See, whether we do the sowing or the reaping or... or or if we do the sowing and the reaping, that, that's irrelevant. But we all work together to win people to Christ. You know, this last Wednesday night, like I mentioned earlier, our good friend Jason Strickland handled the teaching part, and he, and he shared a story about a time when he was sitting in a restaurant eating lunch, and, and God gave him something to tell this person, that, this guy that was sitting over there. God said, There's, you know, you see this guy over there, I want you to go tell him such and such. He didn't tell us what the word was. And he said he was reluctant about it because he just wanted to finish his lunch, you know. But he eventually was obedient, and he he went over to the man, and he just gave him the word that God told him to give him. And he said, the guy's blessed. Well, he said, I I didn't ever know, I don't know whatever became of the man. He said, but but, uh, knowing is not really what it's all about. He said, I was faithful to tell the guy what God told me to say. And the idea behind what I'm saying is this. Don't get discouraged if you witness to somebody and they don't come to Jesus. There's still time for you or others to work on them. Be diligent to walk with the Lord and be in his word. Because that's half the battle of knowing what season you're in. Am I sowing? Am I reaping? What am I doing? Am I, am I uh, you know, am I mourning? Am I dancing? What am I doing, Lord? What, what's, what's the proper time? What's the proper season? You know, um, and so, you know, when we, we talk about this, about, because this leads over into direction, you know, about direction from God and, you know, I mentioned in the past, you know, one time we had some, a bunch of people come down to the altar and they were, they were, we prayed for them and I, and I asked, uh, I said, I said, is there anybody who has any specific prayer requests? And these are just visitors, people who just walked into the door, I didn't know them, you know. And this girl said, well, I just, you know, I'm, I want to request that God give me direction. You know, I want to, you know, want you to pray that God give me direction. And it's like, I said, well, we can do that. But, you know, the, the truth is, I said, if you get in God's word, you spend time with God, he will tell you what to do. Because now you sought me, I need you to do X, Y, Z. Um, and so, again, you know, talking about what 
you know, being led by God as to what season you're in. One of the most important verses for us as believers to remember along this line is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. It's a promise from God. See, because God has many assignments for you in the earth. Because again, this first verse in Ecclesiastes said, there's, time for, there's a time for every purpose under heaven. And while God's ultimate goal in this age is to get as many people saved as possible, and any task that he has for you will likely contribute to that goal in some way, there are other goals or purposes that he seeks to accomplish in our lives, and he will use seasons in our life to do that. For example, in the past, I made mention of the fact that God took me through a season where he showed me that I was playing video games too much. How much is too much? Well, that's between the individual Christian and God. Now, it's true there are some games a Christian just shouldn't play, but playing video games in and of itself is not bad. I still play for recreation or to, you know, spend time with the kids once in a while. You know, but how many of you know if, if I'm putting too much time into that, that extra time that I have put into that, it had to come from somewhere. I got out of balance somewhere, and in my case, I took that time from my sleep. I didn't take that time away from uh, my wife and kids. That relationship was still fine. I still was spending time with the Lord. That relationship was, uh, was suffering, but it was, it was still generally intact, you know. But because I had taken that time from my sleep, it started to affect me on the job, and you know, so much so that my boss took notice, and my boss at that time happened to be my dad, who I'm sure is watching this service right now. Sorry, Dad. However, during that time, I was still in relationship with God, like I said, and, and you know, when I say that the relationship was suffering, it wasn't suffering, I mean, it wasn't at a critical level at all, but when I say that it was suffering, I simply mean that he brought this issue to my attention and said, there's a problem here, Okay. And so what he did is he began to direct my path. He, he began to nudge me in the right direction. He will, he will tweak you, or he will attempt to tweak you. you. You have to yield to that. You know, and instead of just shaking me up on this issue, you know, because there does come a time when he will do something like that if we just are failing to, to respond to, to his, his leadings and his guidings, you know, uh, but he chose to take me through a season where he just gently showed me that this was not a healthy use of my time. He accomplished a purpose in me during that season, you know, and I learned something about time management. I learned something about investing my time. And I learned something about keeping myself in balance. But can that purpose that God accomplished in me during that season, can that help me win people to Christ? Absolutely. How many of you know there's a huge community of people who love video games out there? And after going through that season, I have used video games as an inroad to talk to people about Jesus. Because of what God taught me, because of the purpose he had in that season. Now, here's where we have to define some Christianese terms here. You know, sometimes Christians use words and phrases that can confuse people who, uh, you know, aren't familiar with hearing them. And, uh, you know, sometimes we confuse each other, you know. And so think about this. Have you ever heard another Christian say something like, God has put me here for a season? 
Well, if they used that wording properly, what they meant was that God put them there for a limited time in order to accomplish something. That's really all that means. But but then you wonder, how long are they going to be here? Because they're they're being vague. You know, they're saying I'm I'm here for a season. So so, well, how long is that? You know. And uh, you know, listen here where it says it says to everything. This is verse one again. To everything there is a, a a season. Okay. A time. So a season is a time. For to, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. So a, a time for every purpose. So that means that the end of a season, okay, is after its purpose has been accomplished. The beginning of a season and the ending of a season are the boundary markers for an unspecific length of time, an unspecified length of time. It's a span that is indefinite. Why is that? Because different purposes take different amounts of time to bring to the goal. The time within a season is directly linked to a specific purpose. That means that in the spiritual season that you're in right now, because you are in one, maybe more than one. In that season you're in right now, how long that season will last is really between you and God. Because in that season, God took me through where his purpose was to deal with me about how I was managing my time. Now, that, that was his purpose in that season. Do you think that if I had, had resisted him, that season would have lasted longer than it did? If I wanted to keep a healthy relationship with him, yes, it would have. Because I could have gotten out of that season by just turning away from God completely. Then, he, then I would have entered a whole other season of him trying to get me back. But so, so, yeah, if I want to keep a healthy relationship with him, I'm going to have to pay attention when he, when he starts dealing with me about things in a season. Because how many of you know, if God is dealing with you about something, every time you get into his presence, every time you draw close to him, he will bring it up. Let's use this whole COVID-19 thing as an example. There are many conflicting things being said about it by many leaders. So let's say I get offended by what one of those leaders is saying or how they are handling it. If I, if I let that fester, and, and I mean, I've, I've, I've mentioned this to you before where I have some I have some personally strong opinions about this whole thing but I'm not going to I'm not going to say what they are because uh, my goal is winning people to Christ that is my primary purpose winning people to Christ teaching other people about Christ my my commission is still the great commission my my mission is not to um, go around sharing my opinions about things so but 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 if I if I let's say I get offended by what some leader is saying or doing, you know, if I let that fester and I allow my mind to go back over that issue again and again, eventually God is going to deal with me about that. Because that unforgiveness hinders my relationship with God. I know from what Jesus said in Matthew chapter six, if you don't forgive your, your brother's trespasses, the father won't forgive yours. So I, if I can't forgive a government leader for what I see as poor leadership, my heavenly father won't forgive my bad decisions. 
Well, if my father won't forgive me, that hinders my relationship with him. And then my father might decide it's necessary to bring me through a season where his purpose is to teach me about forgiveness. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be held accountable for bad decisions and stuff. I mean, eventually everyone will be by, the, by God himself. Now, like we mentioned earlier, it's obvious that there are both natural seasons and spiritual seasons. And we have assigned starting points and ending points to our natural seasons in the earth. You know, we have dates when winter weather is supposed to end and spring weather is supposed to begin, Right? But as you know, the weather doesn't always follow those dates that we have assigned to them. Sometimes winter lasts a little longer than we like. Or, you know, maybe spring will come a little earlier. We're like, ah, that's a blessing. Turn with me over to Jeremiah, chapter 29. We're just going to go a little ways past Isaiah. And Jeremiah should be just on the other side. Yes, there it is. Jeremiah 29. We're looking down at verse 11. This is a well-known verse that, that uh, many Christians love for good reason. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 says, For I know, see, this is God speaking, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So in this verse, we get the idea of God planning out our final outcome. Now, 1 Timothy 2.4 says that God desires that every human being be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. We know that that's not going to happen. The word tells us there will be some that end up in hell. So it's very clear here that even though God has planned out seasons of our lives, that it's possible for us not to follow his plans that he has laid out. Some people follow a good deal of God's plan for their lives. Others follow maybe only a few of God's plans, his, his seasons. Maybe some people don't follow any. But here's the good news. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Everything you need. It's never too late to start following God's plan for your life. A little while ago, we spent some time talking about Moses. You know, he was, <laughs> he was 80 years old before he got on track. Before that, he couldn't see the season that God had him in. But eventually, God brought him full circle and gave him a commission, and he accepted it, gave him a, a job to do. He did it. And, you know, so it wasn't too late for him. It's not too late for any of us. And, you know, just like we set the date for winter to end and for spring to begin, and winter might last longer, so God, since he planned out our seasons, he might set an end date for a season, and we're the ones who stretch it out. By dragging our feet. You know, I'm sure it took me longer to learn time management than God intended. You know, I can be stubborn. Wouldn't surprise me if I, if I drag certain seasons out, you know. In fact, Tammy's always pulling me, come on, this season's over. It's time to move on to the next season. But I've learned that sometimes you do need to slow down because there's still more uh, to learn in the season that you're in. And then there's times that Tammy's right, and it is time to move on. You know, we help each other out. Husbands and wives, we should. You know, uh, no one's perfect, so we need help. <laughs> but when we feel that a season is getting ready to end, okay, it's important to ask God about it and search out how to transition to the new season. Turn with me in your Bibles to First uh, Samuel, 
chapter 16. 1 Samuel. We are going to be turning to more places than normal today. Do your finger stretches. Make sure you don't get finger cramps. 1 Samuel. So this is a time where King Saul had made enough mistakes that God rejects him as king of Israel and he's going to find himself someone else to be king, who we know will be King David. Actually, we're going to start the last verse of the previous chapter here. So if you're in uh, 1 Samuel 16, look at uh, 15 and then verse 35, that very last verse of the previous chapter. It says, And Samuel went no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul. Remember the word said that there's a time to mourn. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. Now, the beginning of the next chapter. Chapter 16, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. Now that's King David, but we're not going to get into all that. But we, what we see here is that God is letting Samuel know the season for mourning has passed. And it's time for a season of training for David. And if you read David's story from there, you'll see that he went through a long season of training before he became king of Israel. He went through many different seasons, actually. But you can see how God will let you know when a season is coming to an end. Sometimes he'll say, just like he said to Samuel, how long are you going to stay in this season? We need to move on to the next season. You know, um, God is always working even in seasons that seem like they're in the way of the ultimate goal. That's why sometimes people, see, sometimes people will think, I've been in this season too long. It's time for me to, to move on. And, they, and then, they, then the season that they're in, in their mind, becomes an obstacle that's in the way of the next step. You know, at Ramah, a lot of other students couldn't wait, couldn't wait to get out of there and start their ministry. You know, my goal was just to graduate. But some of those other people, you know, it was, it was like they were just biting at the bit to leave. They couldn't, they, some of them almost wanted to just drop out and leave early, you know. And the dean of the school, as he would teach, he would tell them to slow down, you know. One time he told us, you can only be where you are. And then he paused and he said, man, that's deep. And if you pause to think about it, that is deep. Because many times we feel like we're stuck in a certain season and that we should have moved on by now, but if we haven't moved on because the purpose for that season is not yet fulfilled, we need to acknowledge that we can't be, 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 be passing on to the next season yet. We really can only be where we are. So what can I put my hand to in that season where I am? Another one of my teachers told us, right now you're in this great season of growing and growing in knowledge. And, you know, that rang true with my spirit. It confirmed that. I understood that already before I even got there. You know, but, but that was a confirmation for me. And, you know, but, but if, you, if, you, if, you think, if you think about the other people that were just in a hurry to get out of there, if they had left when they were so eager to just move on, and they, or, you know, they left halfway through the year or whatever without completing the season, they would have gone to their mission field with only half the knowledge they would need. They would have been half-baked, spiritually, not literally. 
But the idea is that they would have been underprepared for the next season, the next assignment. And yes, in life, we each go through different spiritual seasons. You know, you might go through a season of growing in knowledge, or God might take you through a season of prayer or of learning to pray more effectively, because those are really two different things. Or you might go through a season of learning to believe God for healing. It can take time for that. Or he might take you through just a season of joy. Now, I know some of us uh, know that we're, that, uh, we're going through hard, a hard time in general, but then there are people specifically that we, that, that we know that are going through a very difficult season. You know, uh, so let's turn over to Romans 8, because we have a, a word of encouragement about that. Romans chapter 8. Can't get stuck on the, the bad things. You, can't, you have to focus on the right part of the story. Focus on the part of the story that God is focusing on. Don't focus on the downside. Focus on what God has planned for you, because he doesn't have plans that are evil. The thoughts he thinks towards you are good, to give you a future and a hope. Okay, Romans 8, verse 28, many of us know this verse, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called, according to his purpose. It says all things, so negative things might happen in any season, because it says all things work together. Negative things would be included in that word all, because, you know, you've got good things, you've got, you know, you got positive things, you've got negative things, but they're all included in the word all. And since it's all things, we know that negative things are included in that. And they happen for various reasons. But, see, God can turn negative circumstances around to line up with his purpose in the season that you are walking out. And you might find that the conditions of a season might require you to operate in a way you're not familiar with. That might be part of the plan, too. But, but, you know, for instance, in winter, I can't go swimming in a lot of places in the world, but maybe I can go skiing. Never been skiing in my life. Just in case you care. But it's like that time that I told you about where I had, I had spent weeks trying to fix this rain gutter on the house, okay? Every time I went out there, it seemed like there was some reason I couldn't get the work done that day. One day it was full of water. Another day, the tool that I had ordered hadn't come in yet. It was delayed. When I got the tool, I found out there were other parts I needed, so I got delayed again. I finally got everything I needed and went outside to finally fix that stupid gutter, and it was raining, pouring down rain. I prayed for the rain to stop. The rain did not stop. I stepped inside and asked God when I was going to be able to get the gutter fixed, he, and he, answered, he, you know, he didn't answer my question. He asked me a question. He said, what else can you be working on right now? <sighs> I did not like his answer, but I yielded to him. Because I've, I know better now. <laughs> How many of you know, though, that there are people out there who have abandoned their faith in God because in a difficult season, they came to the conclusion that God has let them down? But were they fair to God in that season? The other day on Facebook, I saw someone quote, quote from Psalm 91, verse 4 in the NLT. It says, He, God, will cover you in his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. He, his faithful promises are your armor and your protection. We need to realize that the promise 
comes before the deliverance. And so if it's his promise that is our protection, not the deliverance itself, we need to trust in the promise, which we can't see. Can't see a promise. You can believe a promise, though. And we can be aware of exactly what the promise is, and we should be. Otherwise, how could we trust it? Because if my faith is built on a promise that God didn't actually make to me, but one that I have fabricated, or just think that God should do this just because he's God, that's an unreasonable expectation. And why should he, why should he adhere to that? It's like that story that Joyce Meyer told where she wanted to be, she was a pastor's wife and she wanted to be like this other pastor's wife, you know, and, and, this, and they were neighbors and this other pastor's wife had a tomato garden and all this stuff, little side projects that she used to do all the time. And so Joyce Meyer went out and got her some stuff and she, she planted this tomato garden and, you know, she said that all these little black beetles showed up and ate all of the tomatoes in her garden and, her, and the pastor's wife who lived next door, her tomatoes were all fine. And so she's, she's, I'm, she was mad about it because she said, I, I was mad about it because, because, I, because I had prayed over to my, my tomatoes and I believed that I was a stronger person of faith than her. So she wouldn't complain to God about it and God said, I didn't tell you to plant tomatoes. And then God told her to add, you know, <laughs> just to add to it, he said, I am under no obligation to protect your tomatoes. Why? Because he didn't tell her to plant tomatoes. And, you know, of course, she learned and moved on. See, that's the thing that we have to understand when, when something like this happens. Because people have shipwrecked their faith by founding it on things that God did not say. So we need to be in God's word and re, in relationship with him and not be discouraged by difficult seasons. Because he works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. That's what the verse said. That's why it's important to allow him to direct our path in every season because to every, every season in life has a purpose. That's what it says, a time and a season for every purpose under heaven. Okay, because God has purposes that he is working out in our lives. Go ahead and turn back over to uh, the book of Acts. That's just one book back from where we are now. Uh, Acts chapter 16 you would. And we're going to look at a certain season that Paul and Silas were walking through. All right. Acts 16. Look down at verse 6. Yeah, that's right. Acts 16, verse 6. It says, Now when they had gone to Paul and Silas, now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Uh, and when it says Asia, it, it, it means modern day Turkey. That's Asia Minor. Okay. Uh, now verse 7. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So twice here, the Holy Spirit stopped them, when, and it doesn't say that there was any physical roadblock to those places. So it was an inward knowing that the Holy Spirit was saying, no, not here. And they had never been stopped by him before. So apparently their standard operating procedure was just to preach Jesus anywhere they went. But when they tried to go into Asia and Bithynia, the Holy Spirit said no. 
and you know he's just he's just giving them direction. You know, it, does, it 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 doesn't give the reason why. You know, God doesn't always tell us his reasons. So look at verse eight. It says, "So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, "Come over to Macedonia and help us." Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So, and if we were to read on from here, we would see that Paul and Silas do a lot of ministry in Macedonia and Greece. They found they they plant many churches; they're very successful. But then, in a later season, God opens the door back to Asia through Paul's ministry. Though Paul, not personally, Paul doesn't go all the way into Asia, but through his ministry, door a door is open there, a great door for for ministry, uh, because when when he gets to the co- the the coast, the west coast of Turkey. Uh, to a city called Ephesus. There was an important church there. Turn ahead with me to Acts chapter 19. See, we go, we go a couple chapters. That's pretty far. It's, pre, it's, a, it's a significant of time that has passed between when, God, when Paul tried to go to Asia, God told him, no, not that way, and he directed him a different direction, and now we've come back where Paul is now uh, going to affect Asia through his ministry. So here in Acts chapter 19, look down with me at verse 8. It says, and he, that's Paul, he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way, see, we can still love the people who spoke evil, we can hate the evil that they spoke, but we can love them personally, yeah. So, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this continued for two years so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. See, Paul tried to get ahead of himself in Asia the first time, but the Holy Spirit redirected him for a season. And because he was faithful to follow God's leading, eventually all those in Asia heard the word of Jesus through him teaching in a lecture hall for two years. Because the people that were coming to be taught, would, they would circle back out and they would go preach the gospel. Pays off when we lean not on our own understanding and acknowledge God in all our ways. In all our ways. Amen. And we, we may not think that the, the work we do, the work that we do here personally, is as awesome as Paul's where an entire country heard the good news as a result of his teaching, but the work of the individual believer is extremely important to God. Each one of you. And me. The word tells us that God delights in every detail of our lives. This is why we shouldn't consider that any meaningful work we may do will be off somewhere, someday. The details of our life that we are living right now, God takes delight in those things. Takes place, uh, that, that take place in every season of our life that we read about in Ecclesiastes. And this church... You know, this church, New Life of Christ, has also entered into a new season where the work has been different. See, the church is a local body of believers, uh, you know, uh, excuse me, a church, a, 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 the church as a local body of believers can go through a season just like a person can go through a season. We go through a season collectively as a church. And, you know, even this nation is going into a new season with the upcoming elections. And no matter who gets into the various offices, that will be a change of season. 
because I believe the spiritual climate in this nation is about to change. We need to be praying for revival. I was uh, talking to one of my friends I graduated Ramah with. He's in North Carolina now, and he was saying that his pastor out there was saying they've had more people saved since this crisis, the beginning, since the beginning of this crisis that he has ever seen. Yeah, people like to focus on the bad reports of mass depression and other things that are going on, but we have to remember that historically, it's when people are at a low point that they begin to seek God. And, you know, we just need to be ready to sow or reap. Or sow and reap, if that's what God's calling us to do. Or whatever the Holy Spirit is directing us to do in order to take full advantage of the season that we are in. Amen? So, okay, hopefully this was helpful to you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the time and the season. Each one of us has been given time in this earth. And our time is one of the things that we can honor you with. And so there's nothing we can never repay what Jesus did for us on the cross but we can please you with our time and how we spend it and so father i ask lord that as we walk out these seasons of life and that you as you take you take delight in the small details in our lives as we walk with you and as we lean not on our own understanding but instead we acknowledge you in everything that we do i pray father god that you help us to be aware to be sensitive to what it is that you're leading us to do because even in this time of shutdown, there are opportunities to minister and to touch people for Christ, to be a witness for Christ to the ends of the earth. Well, in, in Jerusalem, Judea, to the ends of the earth, in, our, in our, just our small sphere of influence, there are places that we can work. So I ask you, Lord, to help us make the, make the most of every circumstance. And we thank you, Lord, and praise you. I pray for blessings for everyone. I pray for protection for everyone. I pray for healing for everybody who needs it. I pray, Father God, that they are allowed to taste and see that you are good. And I thank you, Father, and in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thank you all, and I will be seeing you next week.